India has a community culture which US as opposed to is very individualistic so that really makes you feel taken care of you can spread sheets the crap out of this but at the end of the day it's going to be what you feel that is going to make you drive that decision hello hello this is another episode of the unconventional podcast where we bring you conversations with people who have taken unique paths in their lives and careers this is girish and this is gorov today we bring you an episode with nupur dave who is a techie but more interestingly is an author of the book back home that is an emotional guide for nris who are on the fence about moving to india now nupur worked in the united states with several name brand tech companies like twitter and google but after 13 years she decided to move back to india as you can imagine this was a hard decision for her and i'm sure many non-resident indians can particularly relate to her story Now, not only does Nupur work in the Indian tech industry, she also runs a consulting practice to help people who are considering a similar change in their lives. In our conversation, we touched upon Nupur's love-hate relationship with life in the US, how she went about moving back to India, and her advice for others who'd like to do so. And with this episode, we do come to the end of the first season of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did in creating it. And on to the show. Hey Nupur, welcome to the show. Thank you Girish, thank you Gaurav for having me. Hey Nupur, great to have you here. Looking forward to this conversation. Same here. <laughs> to begin with your 12-year-old nephew, I was reading a little bit about your story and this incident really stuck out in my mind. Uh, your nephew played a really important role, right, in convincing you to move back to India after spending many, many years here in the United States. Could you tell us a little bit about that story? Absolutely. And to give you a little bit of background, uh, what I really feel is this whole topic about NRIs coming back to India, the decision to move back to India after many years in the US, for some people happens overnight, maybe because they had some visa issue or they lost their job. But for many people, it's like, uh, you know, there's a saying that goes, death by a thousand cuts. It's not really death by a thousand cuts, but it's, small incidents that keep happening to you that sort of build up to a point which becomes a trigger point or a tipping point as i call it where you decide okay this is it i have to make the decision and the point about my nephew talking about it uh, just brought in so much perspective because here is a very very innocent child who's asking me a question and you know you can lie to yourself but it's so hard to lie to a child yeah and when he asked me the question i was i was in india for a wedding at that time and he's like why do you work in the us and i just couldn't give him an answer that felt true to myself and even saying something like i have a great job and both of you are working for fang companies you know how hard it is to leave a company like google <laughs> like you don't just leave it you have to have like a better opportunity and at, at that time it seemed like i'm in the best place in the world like in silicon valley in google what more do you want and yet that answer didn't feel true and my nephew sort of helped me solidify that in my mind that you know what maybe i'm just lying to myself <laughs> 
and so that was a, a trigger point which sort of made me go into this point where i seriously started considering taking actions towards moving to india not just thinking about it because i was thinking right. about it for a long time like a lot of nris do and that that sort of you know lit the fire on the match i think another moment that stuck out to me was you said you were visualizing your future in the united states and what it would be like to turn you know 50 years old living in fremont i think was the example you had driving around a <laughs> yeah. minivan right with a child who speaks with an american accent <laughs> and you found that really depressing but that is what a lot of people's lives you know eventually work out to be what was wrong with that vision for you and why did that not resonate with you that's a great question so a lot of people have a vision for their life and there's nothing right or wrong with it so somebody living in fremont with a minivan which a lot of my personal friends actually live that life and they like it they enjoy it and there's nothing wrong with that so my goal of saying that i don't want this to be my life doesn't negate someone else's sure. expectations or experiences and i think that's something that i really want to defend same as living in sunnyvale you know i lived in sunnyvale for 4 years and i didn't enjoy it and when i put my opinion of my life out there there were people sending me emails like uh, why are you being such a conceited bitch you know <laughs> like i love sunnyvale how can you not love it and the goal of saying this is not to say that there is something right or wrong right. it's just that i felt there is something more in my life than this picture that i am seeing my friends go through and i didn't know what that was but i knew this was not it right what did a typical day for you look like for example typical day or typical week and like what were your emotions at any given point of time in the morning evening what sort of patterns did you see as you were going through this phase so i'll start answering that question by talking about the fact that i was single i do understand that a lot of this experience could have got mitigated had i had a, a boyfriend or a husband but having consulted so many nris and spoken to so many people i want to definitely say that there are even married people who feel lonely in the us so even if they're physically with someone else they still feel the feelings of loneliness so putting that up front i could say that yes you can say you know single people may feel lonely but that's not the only reason to answer your question about how a day looked like i think a lot of it was related to this decision of living very far away from office it was a conscious decision i made knowing fully well that i'd have to spend two and a half or two hours per day in traffic luckily google has these uh, you know double decker buses that are a lot of fun to sit in so i got an opportunity to use that time to do something productive and i didn't have to drive on my own so in that case i think googlers and facebookers are really lucky to have the, yeah. those options but not everyone has that and to get back to what the day looked like uh, while living in sunnyvale versus san francisco it's it's interesting san francisco was more lively there was so much to look forward to but the weekday and as we say in america you live from weekend to weekend so you know i would wake up at 6:30 catch the 7 o'clock bus reach office at 8:30 get my free breakfast at one of the cafes uh, walk to my desk do the 9 to 5 and then 5 uh, o'clock to 6:30 would be the gym time and then catch the 7 o'clock bus with dinner in hand reach uh, home by around 9 o'clock 
and if you look at the spans of time you're up from 6:30 and you reach home at 9 o'clock and then you have to do your house chores you don't get any time to do anything else and you're just exhausted by the end of the day totally and you know it's a it's a balance it's like am i willing to go through this to experience the city versus being in sunnyvale which i found to be honest very boring for the lifestyle that i wanted to lead so i felt like i was willing to take the hit of travel just so that i can be in an environment that energizes me right right i made the opposite yeah. choice i tried san francisco for a bit i just that commute <laughs> and living for the weekends just didn't work for me and moving back okay. to sunnyvale <laughs> i had the opposite experience right where i could actually do things on yes. weekend uh weekday nights mm. for example mm. and that was kind of kind of interesting i wanted to touch upon this theme of the routine life in the united states i'm really curious returning to india as an adult you know what was that difference or what was the shift you experienced there uh, i guess my real question then is is this emptiness or routine is that just a regular part of adult life that we kind of get have to get used to or was that really more related to not being connected to your roots not being around friends and family and and many many loved ones every day and then that emptiness receded away for you what was that like absolutely the difference was stark when i moved from the us to india for me personally that feeling of emptiness just went away instantly wow. and i waited many years to see if this is a feeling that will come back to me i was living alone for some time in bangalore though i had a roommate I didn't feel the same sense of emptiness that I would in the US and I think there are two reasons for it. One is of course having family so close by in the same time zone that makes a very big difference. And the second is yeah. India has a community culture which right. US as opposed right. to is very individualistic. And it's not just India a lot of uh, Asian countries have and you know even some European countries like Greece and it's like they have a very community sort of culture and that really makes you feel taken care of you know like here in pune we have the medicine dukan very close by we just call him up and we tell him we need these medicines can you just deliver he sends it home and he knows us by face they know when we're sick they they literally take care of us you would never see this in the us yeah. so i think that makes a very big difference so even if you're not living with family in india you can still feel the difference in in that feeling of loneliness right it's very easy in the us to spend a whole day not talking to anyone if you so choose to right but yeah. that's very hard to do in india i think you you almost like you don't live in a cocoon it's right? the other way around yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. ஒன்னும்ிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடிக்கிடி
and, you know but that existed that was an option this is the thing right next to my hostel and hmm. like the same situation in the US would have been very different i would have needed an appointment for example before going in or a long wait in an emergency room so totally hear that yeah absolutely don't mean to do america bashing uh, saying all this but you know the the difference is stark and there are some uh problems or disadvantages of being here but the thing is once you commit to something you find a way to work around it like i hate driving i hate i hate the traffic i don't want to deal with it and my mitigation has been i just take an uber and i open my laptop and i look down that's it and nothing affects me after that so so there are uh, things that you need to embrace about india and uh, instead of complaining about it find some way around it just like we do in the us you know right so india and the us are in so many ways dramatically different right and i guess one decision point that weighs on a lot of people's minds when they consider the trade offs between them is that in the us you kind of trade your lifestyle for work and in india you trade the trade happens in the opposite direction right it's it's is that you do compromise a little on where you work or the quality of uh, work you're able to get done is that really true or is that a cliche from what i've seen at least the type of companies that i've been a part of a lot of them have the same type and quality of work that you would find in the us the problem comes when you're working in large companies where india is treated as a back office Mm-hmm. that is where you find the quote and quote quality of work is not up to par with what you would get it maybe it happens even in google where the product managers for certain teams are that are launching in india are based out of the us and they come for that 3 week immersion program and then you start wondering like is 3 weeks enough to understand india probably not but that's the thing your product managers are sitting in the us in the headquarters and I just feel that you have to find that company that works for you. It took me a long time to find such a company. It took me I would say about 4 years to after I moved back. So you have to be patient and it is true that the more you're earning in India the expectation is that you spend more and more time like maybe you'll be needed on the weekends as well. So I feel that depending on who you're working with Uh, they may or may not have that respect for your boundary but again it's it's very conditional to who you're working with i see yeah and you have of course written a book on the topic right for nris who might be yeah. considering a similar decision or struggling with a similar decision it's called back home an emotional guide for nris who are on the fence about moving back to india now What are the other factors to consider in making a decision like this? Work is is the one that pops to mind for a lot of people. What else did you consider and do you kind of have a decision making framework for thinking through this? So, a decision making framework will definitely help you help give you the solace that yeah, I've done my due diligence. Yeah. But I seriously feel that these kind of decisions are at the end of the day made from the gut. and why i'm saying this is because you can spreadsheet the crap out of this you can write down everything in a long spreadsheet and weigh the pros and cons but at the end of the day it's going to be what you feel that is going to make you drive that decision so i feel that putting down a framework uh, may help you on some maybe logistical factors 
it also tempts you to ask people their opinion and i feel that people mm. will start giving what they think is right for you and it may derail you it may be a lot of noise because people will say oh don't come here the traffic is bad but you never know how you are going to react to it so it has to be a decision that at the end of the day comes from your gut uh, there right. is a couple yeah that feels that it's the right decision at this point in my life because tomorrow india may not be the answer like even for me and that's what i tell people is that i have written a book on this and what i'm telling people is you don't have to move back and think that that's the end of it you can move to india and then move back to the us when you are maybe in your 50s because you know that's the right thing to do and people are just scared ki log kya bolenge you can't work with like even me if tomorrow i want to move to new york because i've always wanted to live in new york i will do it if it's, that's the right decision for me at that point in my life but to come back to your question about what is that factor that you should consider i've written a bit about this in the book also is what i call your anchor you have to see how strong your anchor is not because that anchor will make you stay in india but because that anchor will help you smoothen out and feel happy so this is not like a permanent decision moving to india and that's what a lot of people think an anchor is like mostly it's family for a lot of people it could be your work but you know i can't say how happy your work is going to keep you every day but family yeah. is what anchors people and that is one decision that could trump all the frameworks that you make i see okay yeah that actually i can connect that back to i think a decision making heuristic or framework that i think naval ravikant had shared before where he says for the really important decisions in life if you have to make a pros and cons list the answer is probably no <laughs> right like it's it's you can simplify it and say if you're not able to decide yeah. with your gut if your gut isn't really pulling you in one direction or the other then there are enough choices available in life that this is not one that you should be making if it's something that will affect the next several years uh, of yeah. your life right so, so. Uh, there's one uh, ingredient that add to the mix of this is a lot of nris are like i really want to move to india but it's not happening and i feel what they need to consider is phase of life like maybe the decision is right but not at this time yeah i need to make the decision give me another year another two years you know unfortunately for people they get they get scared they're like oh then i'll be married then i'll have kids then my kids will be 10 years old what will i do it will be too late there's nothing like this it's never too late in your life to do anything nupur did you ever doubt the decision four years to find the ideal job for yourself for example i'm sure in the midst of those four years maybe you, there might have been moments when you thought the perfect job doesn't exist here or something along those yeah. lines right whether whether any doubts that came up how did you deal with that absolutely like it was a very very this was the most difficult part of me being in india because of the personality that i am i am not the yes man or the type of person who would keep my mouth shut if i felt like somebody was doing something wrong sort of like a moralistic uh, person and uh, you know i don't have the muska maroing tendencies I, i don't know how to muska maro i just can't be yeah. a, a boss pleaser and i felt that in a lot of cases you know in some places where i worked i was raising my voice over concerns that would have been a normal thing to do in the us but isn't wasn't taken well in india and at that time i felt many times like oh my god i'm not worried about the decision i know the decision is a good decision for me 
but the question was will i be able to ever work in india maybe i'll have to just branch out and be a freelancer Yeah. So that really plagued me for a long time, and even while interviewing, and I'll give you an example. There's this really, really famous large company, uh, which I will not name. I interviewed there for a product manager, and the manager, if you can visualize this, imagine a man in his say mid forties who is bent, sitting on a chair, uh, you know, with his uh, legs sep- knees separated, and one. leg is tapping the floor at a very high frequency like the impatient tap and i'm asking him like you have around 10 product managers who report to you how do you assign or allocate projects to them and his answer was i tell them what to do and they do it <laughs> anything else and i was like how can i work for this guy <laughs> This is not the type of answer I would expect from a manager, and right. especially somebody from that caliber of uh, you know level as well as company. And I, although a lot of people could work in such an environment, it's not for me. So I I struggled a lot, but then uh, you know you, it's the same thing with all job searches. Job search is a pain, and you just need that one company that will have faith yeah. in you and see through everything. and hire you so <laughs> totally so yeah that's my advice to anyone looking for a job hang in there <laughs> right and the power structure and the power dynamics in india are so different with the hierarchy right and, and speaking truth to power is very valued in an employee in a culture like the united states but in india sometimes in some companies like you just mentioned it's not and i've also heard some companies might be more political uh than others right and and so that like that is finding that right balance and finding that right fit can be a bit of a journey I, i'm just curious nibor so you moved from mountain view to india and then you quit google i think at that point of time am i right yeah so google is usually pretty good in terms of like geographical flexibility right so did you actually try moving to india with google or was that something that you were not interested in at all That is correct. I did move to India with Google, uh, and I think that was a very, very good option because my move was very smooth. They handled my move, my taxes, so I think that made us made for a soft landing. So I would recommend people to move with the current company they are with. It just makes things more smoother. Got it. Okay. Okay. So then you were with Google India, but then you've also worked at a bunch of places since then, right? Uh, I'm curious what it was like to. go from a company like google and i guess you've worked with the government of india you worked in bhopal essentially moved from one world to another what was that experience like so the point the question is that why did i do that and i felt like i am still a very patriotic in indian and i felt like i really want to contribute to society and i felt now that i'm in india let me take this opportunity to do whatever i want and i got the chance to work with the government of india which was a 6 month contract and that was a great experience after that i got some time to write my first book and i then found this opportunity to work on the ground for elections to go from village to village and sort of interview villagers in madhya pradesh so i did that for 3 months in bhopal and that was a great experience because i actually got to see what india is like and it was amazing yeah. i it was i have the fondest memories in my life of doing that and i feel like taking that risk of not working in a conventional job 
and jumping into something like this really paid off in terms of what i experienced and what of india i saw after that i decided that i will start writing my second book and i also thought that you know it's time to get back into the corporate world and get a regular day job so uh, it was my way of experiencing the country that i was away for such a long time and uh, i it was an unconventional way to do it but i found those opportunities for myself i put myself out there and and i think people shouldn't be scared uh, because the jewels that come out of taking these risks are worth it yeah exactly right so you've now not just experienced corporate america or corporate tech in multiple countries you've also worked in completely different institutions and in totally different settings are there aspects to those experiences that you think make you much more effective in the tech job that you are back in right now has it you know rounded rounded out your skill set or helped you in ways that you didn't expect i'll compare this to working in america because when you're in america you're sort of to be honest in a bubble because in america people are very careful about how they talk to you they will not ask you too many questions about your personal life and you can sort of have this trust level with everyone from to the janitor to the ceo as they say what happened was when i moved out of that environment um i was taken into what the real world is and that experience really i wouldn't say shook me up but it woke me up to those gaps that i had in my my way of dealing with people that i really needed to address yeah. and for me the primary thing was trust i blindly trusted people with these experiences what i felt was that especially in india you need to take your time to decide who you want to trust and who you want to just keep be guarded or stay away from I so see. those learnings now when i bring them to my tech job they have been incredibly beneficial so it i i feel like if you were to be put in a similar sort of journey as me there would be something else that you would learn but i promise it would be worth it like it's not i i just feel like you expose gaps in your own thinking in your own yeah. behavior that you're able to sort of fill up um but you have to be very self aware for all of this jerks you out of your comfort zone so i think that is always a great experience exactly exactly yes yeah and i was uh, super glad to hear that you had a great time in bhopal i, I actually grew up in in bhopal and uh, no it's actually kidding. a city better than, better than better than chennai this is for oh, you girish part <laughs> i love bhopal it was a great experience awesome yeah. one question i have nupur for you is you said that you sort of after leaving google you started to put yourself out there and you found this like great opportunity with the government of india and then a couple of others before you landed up at where you are working right now uh, what did you exactly mean by putting yourself out there and how did you exactly do it like what advice would you have for people who would be looking to like take these risks and like put themselves out there so i remember the story or a, a one line of the steve jobs had mentioned i'm not sure if i am going to get it right but he said that the job will go to that person who picks up the phone and calls i believe when he was a kid he wanted an internship and he picked he called up certain places and that's how he got it and i think that's a personality trait of myself where i don't hesitate to reach out to people and talk to them i've seen a lot of folks who are like 
oh i need a you know they they complaining about lack of opportunities but they feel shy to reach out and they're like uh i don't think they're going to reply so i might as well not do it and yeah. and i think that's what putting yeah. yourself out there is is just go just pick up that phone call up someone tell a friend put it on linkedin you know just uh, send somebody a message on facebook messenger you never know what what can happen i've actually some opportunities i've got by messaging people on twitter saying that uh, you know do you have anything for me is there something i can help you with that's it that's all i had to say so that is what putting yourself out there is right that hustle and, right uh, <laughs> yeah i guess yeah there are two questions i have here one is uh, like how was the hustling for you with respect to this like government of india opportunity that you were talking about how did you actually get that like six months contractorship or role yeah so it was very interesting i was head of the indian google network at uh, at google of course and uh, we were hosting prime minister modi's visit i got a chance to lead that whole event and mm. i met with some of his staff uh, that's where they gave me their card and i sent an email with my resume and next thing i know 2 3 years later i get a phone call from them so I've actually got a missed call from the prime minister's office. I I would like to show that off. Nice. <laughs> like a missed call from the PMO, but yeah, so uh, I think it was just you never know what you're doing can lead you to what opportunity. Like I never got into IGN thinking IGN which is Indian Google network uh, thinking that I'm going to get certain opportunities, but they just happened like one door opens another door which opens a third door which will eventually take you to what you want to experience. right right that's awesome actually <laughs> uh and then the second thing i just wanted to call out i think for people who might be listening to this show is uh, you basically like the idea i guess for writing your book about uh, the guide for nris who are on the fence to move back to india that likely started from your linkedin post which went like completely viral uh, back in 2016 2017 i think where you outline your thought process with respect to why you wanted to move back so that's something that was like very fascinating to read. and uh, we'll be sure to link it in the show notes for people who might want to read and of course your book is definitely a great guide to read you have a lot of rich experiences around making this decision to go back to india and then traversing the doubts that come with it once you're in india and you wrote the book to help many others who go through a similar experience can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to write a book what that experience was like to write it i think you've also written about this experience but i thought it'd be great to hear hear that from you as well yes So I've been meaning to write books for a long time. So it's been about ten years where the idea came to my head. So it's not been something I woke up overnight and I thought I'll write. I've also been encouraged by a lot of people around me that no, you must try it. You must try it. So I wrote one book so that people take me seriously for my second book. And uh, that's what I was told. Like if you want to approach a publisher, you should have already written one book. So I wrote one book then. I decided what is the next most pressing topic that I want to talk about, and it seemed like a good opportunity to write about NRIs moving back to India. So that's where this topic came up. So for your first book, did you self-publish that first book to get it out there? Yes, that is correct. I self-published okay. it. I edited it on my own because I didn't intend that it would get an audience. It was basically for me to prove to myself that I can write a book. The second right. one was professionally edited. and uh, hopefully i'm hoping i can write more books on nri topics of course uh, but there's so much so much to explore so much to write 
Right. And and when you wrote the second book, did you then submit it to publishers early on in the manuscripting process? How did you use that first book as leverage to get your foot through the door? Curious how that worked. So it actually did not work out that way. Uh, I have published with a self-publishing, rather managed publishing is what they call it. Uh, getting a, a publisher like HarperCollins or Penguin India is close to impossible. There are like I think it's it's kind of like Bollywood. I think where you have to know someone. Right. I do know somebody who's been contacted by some of the lesser known publishing firms, but I did uh, submit my manuscript to a lot of places, and I I'm not surprised that I didn't hear back. I just feel that my goal as an author is to continue to write whatever I want to without worrying about uh, labels and uh, and what kind of you know publicity I'm going to get out of it. So That's awesome. That's great to hear. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's jump into the last section of our conversation Nupur. So this mm-hmm. is a section that we call as the rapid fire aka short answer questions. Nice. Feel free to go into as much details or keep it as short as you would like uh, on these questions. So the first question is, I guess uh, I need to tweak the question a little bit. Uh, besides your books, like what is that one book that you have gifted the most to other people? Radhanath Swami's Journey Home. I do, Have you all uh, read it? No. Yeah. no. So Radhanath Swami is from ISKCON. And he was, as a 17-year-old teenager from the U.S., he's American. Uh-huh. He had a calling that he wants to come to India. And he literally didn't have money. So I think he went to Europe and on foot came into India through Turkey and that Pakistan route. Wow, and okay. his that book is book about destiny and destiny calling you. And in fact, that was one of the books that helped me feel like, you know, made me want to move back to India, where I felt like, you know, that's my destiny is calling me. I highly recommend it's a very fast read. And I have gifted it to uh, multiple people. Radhanath Swami, Journey Home. Wow, seems very interesting. Second question I have here is, if you could do a different job, what would that be? Like you've already done a bunch of things, but if you could do something different, what would that be? Um... I think I'm already kind of doing a different job. <laughs> I consult NRIs as, you know, uh, as a freelance on the side. Mm. So it's not something that gives me an income that I can leave my job and do full time. But that lot of, it's not just fun. It's so impactful, like helping somebody change their life. I think that is incredibly impactful and powerful and the connection you make with another human being. And to be able to touch their lives, I, I really feel I know, I know I gave a completely Miss Universe answer, but <laughs> I think I've already I've already doing that a little bit. You know, uh, to expand a little more on this, I've tried different things. Like when I moved to Pune, I thought, you know, let me do photography as a career. And that lasted like 10 days. <laughs> and even um, writing full time, uh, thinking that I can leave my job and sit and write full time. That also it made me go crazy. It's not easy to just be a full-time X, Y, Z, whatever you want to be. You have to make it a part of your current life till it comes to a point where it moves to a level that is greater than what you're doing for a living. It's only right. then when you can fully switch into it. So the answer is, uh, yeah, I think I'm already doing a bit of it. 
Nice. Okay, cool. What is a piece of art that's influenced you the most? Wow, that is a really tough question. <laughs> so you mean like a painting or or something? Any work of art. Uh, that's influenced me or moved me. Right. Yeah. I really like, you know, the Hindu gods when they are painted in a different way. Like, I don't know if you know the Iskon calendar. Second time Iskon is coming up, but they have these paintings of Krishna Bhagwan, and I just find those so like it makes me go into a different era where life was so different and people were honest and truthful, like the the Satyug. So I, I feel like all these. There's this guy called Karan Acharya. You may have seen. Uh, they call it the Angry Hanuman. You may have seen it on the back of a lot of cars mm-hmm. in India. Yeah. So he made that, and he made that as a half painting and just gave it, and it went viral. And some of the paintings that he sketches that he does of the Indian gods, I think that just connects. Like I'm, I'm just that type of person who would go into a temple and and tears will start coming out of my eyes. So I think there's this connection with ancient India that I just feel so. Moved by when I see these beautiful paintings of of Krishna or the Hindu gods. So yeah. Wow. What would you like your eighty year old version to say say about you? Fit and muscular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean what uh, to say about what my past was? Right. Yeah. And, like and what's 80. your life has been? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you know I always been into fitness and the you know older that we grow. the definition of fitness keeps changing and although you may do whatever you want you know you can be a impactful ceo of a company or maybe i've written 10 books but i just feel the whole journey of being fit and healthy is what something that you would thank yourself for when you're 80 years old it doesn't matter like what you've achieved how much money you've made being having a healthy body that you've taken care of is what you're going to remember at that age right yeah I've I've heard a saying somewhere where they say, right, a healthy man wants one thousand things, and an unhealthy man or a sick man just wants one. Right. That's so true. Right. And uh, since moving back to India, what's one thing you miss about living in the U.S.? God, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list that I can send you, but I think I will focus on the one thing that I miss the most, and I'm very vocal about this: is shopping. Shopping in India sucks. I have done zero shopping here. <laughs> America is the shopping capital of the world. Like even my European friends go to the US to shop, and they love it. And I feel like the the quality and the variety of things that I can get in the United States are so far and wide. And uh, there's just so much choice that I completely miss that uh, here in India. So so I absolutely miss shopping. in the us a lot of things i miss too but not actively like maybe i miss the american breakfast like you know having a nice latte with an omelet and a toast <laughs> so i i do do miss that but uh, not actively i don't actively miss anything other than shopping awesome great so this almost brings us to the end of our conversation upar i just want to know are you working on any other projects right now what's next for you yeah I was thinking about what is that thing that I can do which will be have the most impact on NRIs who are in this conundrum of moving to India or not. And right now, I feel that uh, since I just wrote a book, I'm not ready to jump into writing another book already. 
I want to focus on delivering more YouTube videos where NRIs can watch and get certain answers quickly and easily. Awesome. Do you already have a channel or when can we see your channel come up? I do have a channel. I am not particularly happy about the videos there. So I really want to work <laughs> on them. But they do have some thousand odd views right now. And uh, I think it should be Nupur Dave author, but I'm going to have to recheck on that. <laughs> yes, you know, maybe this is a great time to do a public commitment on by when I should have some more videos. So I would say maybe a month and a half. <laughs> awesome. So end of May, I think, check back in. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we are going to link your uh, YouTube channel in the show notes. So people who might okay. be dealing with these questions uh, of getting back home or not would definitely... Uh, no pressure on me <laughs> to get it up and running. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we close? I think what I want to tell anybody who's listening and if they're an NRI and they're confused about moving to India, there are a couple of things that they can do. One is don't talk to anyone. Don't confuse your <laughs> mind by talking to a hundred people. And uh, they could uh, get my book and get certain funny anecdotes and interesting anecdotes about how life is on the other side of the planet. Or, you know, they could even uh, book a consulting session with me if they're super confused. But I really feel like do what is right for you in your phase of life and you don't have to answer anyone about where you are living and why you're living it. It's it's your life. Awesome. That's a great note to end this conversation on. Thanks so much, Nupur, for sharing your thoughts. Really enjoyed this. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, likewise. This is awesome, Nupur. Thanks a lot. Great. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can now subscribe to us via Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find links for your podcast player at anchor.fm slash unconventional-podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to us, please do so at hellounconventional at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.